I I mean, I just want to watch that thing again. <laughs> you don't e- don't even want to do an intro. You like, just want to get right into it because I can talk during this thing because I I just like yeah, cold open. Just go watch the Midnight Suns trailer. Okay, all right. I'm just hitting play and like at first I was confused and I was like, oh, this is the ad or something. But then like. Enter Sandman. So I've been watching this thing as well, the Metallica Blacklist. I've been excited for that album to come out for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested. It seems very like a different sort of cover album. It's like five uh, discs or something, and all sorts of weird, interesting covers, including like a Miley Cyrus and stuff. But then, yeah, this, there's like a Weezer cover of Enter Sandman. I think. Yep. I, yeah. And then you showed me this, and I'm like. Okay, I'm watching it, and I'm like, is that Ghost Rider with the flaming skull and everything? And I'm like, what is this? Because, <laughs> and I remember you had talked to me about, like, an XCOM-style game, and I was like, that's not this. Uh-huh. But I really, I I kind of really wish it is this thing. If this is the XCOM game thing that they're talking about, like, holy shit. Did, did you watch it to the end? I did, and that's why I have questions, because, again, I'm I'm ignorant on these things. But like, so right now... I mean, did you see who the developers were? That's why. Like, now the music picks up and stuff. Like, I I don't want to get my hopes up. Okay, Atma? <laughs> like, my hopes are really high right now. And that's why. Because I was thinking, oh, it's an XCOM game. And someone had mentioned you can make your own characters or something. But here, I love these characters. Every character they've introduced so far, I'm like, this is cool. We've got classic... And then suddenly I've got this super, like a mummy type villain and i'm like in the supernatural and i'm like i'm down for this and then and now we have a badass walk just ah. <laughs> and then they're all wearing fucking awesome costumes as they're this is like reservoir dog shit to me man like <laughs> at this point i don't even know if, what this game is but i'm in and i'm sold just holy shit they're all walking in custom art that's captain america didn't notice him the first i love this the midnight suns like it I don't even know if it's an XCOM game or like, but then Firaxis and I'm like, please, please say this is what I think it is. Well, I'm happy to report that it is what you think it is. Like, this is going to be the XCOM-ish or roguelike or whatever the hell we call this genre, but like... It's a tactical RPG featuring these Marvel characters. Yes. I'm sold. Like, I'll sign (laughs) up and get this skin. I'm I'm in. You... Take my money. Like, wow. I love it. I love every part of this. The music, the walk-off, the the vibes. I'm vibing. It's it's <laughs> like they have shown me no actual gameplay, but all cutscenes, and I'm in. <laughs> For real, that's that's gonna be the thing. Like, you're not fucking with me. I'm not fucking with you. No, yeah, 100%. That's what this is. It's the Firaxis XCOM people are making this game. Like, I'm I'm hyped for this. Like, this is... Like, I don't care about games that much. Spoilers and secrets and... But, like, holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> like, I want this. I want it so bad. Just, Wow. Holy shit. It it looks so good. And I've seen no game content actually, but it just seems like it's going to be good. Like welcome to the hype train. This is what it's like to be a gamer. I love it. I love it. So- now I'm like disappointed that it's not like out now. I want it. Like I have to wait. You know how this is how I feel every time there's an Elden Ring trailer or something new for Horizon or whatever. Like the, you, you are tapping into the feeling that I always get. Like this is it. But like I don't care about any. Like it, it makes no sense any of those. This though, holy <laughs> shit! Like not even like all your games of the year. And yeah, I want to play Disco Elysium. And this though is just like straight up injected into my veins. My God. And yet, I'm still, there's a part of me that's like, but we still don't even know what the game is or how it plays. But I don't even care. Like, the sound, <laughs> the music, the, like, vibes. Again, I'm just vibing with it. And I, I already, 60 bucks? Sure. 80 bucks? Sure. Is there some fucking collector's edition? Sure. <laughs> Apparently, if well, I sign you know? up, I can get a little skin. Sure. Sign me up. <laughs> Well, if you let the intro play here, I can actually give you more information. 
Oh, yes. There's more. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, in the place to be. Let's get on with the fucking intro. What do you got? <laughs> no no fucking around in this podcast. We're just going. Uh, okay, so uh, the Gamescom intro was today, and Gamescom is like, I think, Germany. I for something that's this big, I should know where it is, but like it's a it's like another E3, another PAX, another, you know, Tokyo game show sort of thing where they reveal new stuff and everything. And obviously the highlight, uh they revealed uh the rumored Marvel uh Fire Axis game, um the people who make XCOM and Civilization and that sort of stuff. And it's called Marvel Midnight Suns. Uh, it is coming to PlayStation 4, 5, Switch, Xbox, PC. It's coming to everything. Wait, Mac? Um, Mac? Uh, Mac? It says, it says Windows PC via Steam and Epic Game Store. It doesn't say anything about Mac yet. Uh, but, uh, but no! <laughs> but XCOM comes out for Mac, right? It did, eventually. Yeah, so yes. like, I, I mean, but it does say also say Switch. So like... But that's not... Does... The, I have a fucking tiny Switch! I, I i'm googling this right now like holy shit no you can't do this to me <laughs> like you said this PlayStation? Is what you, yeah playstation 5 I could, like it's, I, it's I could co- fucking coming to everything yeah oh, good lord okay so anyway it, it's being developed by the XCOM team so they've confirmed there's iron man captain america captain marvel doctor strange Blade, uh, someone named Nico Minoru, Minoru, I don't know who that is, Magic, uh, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider, and Wolverine, and that's nine, but they say there's going to be a total of 13 heroes that can be played as, so there's four more that weren't revealed yet. And let's see, let's see here. It says there are zero mechanics shared between XCOM and Midnight Suns. What? And no. <laughs> what that mean? What that means is, is that it's like its own version of the tactical RPG. It's not like XCOM with a Marvel skin. Oh, um, I'm conf- I think that's a good thing, but like, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. It's like. It says players will embark on turn-based missions with three other superheroes. They and their compatriot skills will level up and improve over time. How those skills advance is perhaps the biggest departure from the XCOM franchises. In between missions, players will have free reign to explore the Abbey and all new headquarters designed in partnership with Marvel Comics. Uh, Solomon says that players will explore it in third person, using their time to develop relationships with the other superheroes. I've already uh, so subscribed skipped... and gotten my exclusive skin. <laughs> so I'm going to skip back a bit. I, I, I skipped over the, the most important part. In Marvel's Midnight Suns, players will take on the role of the Hunter, an all-new character designed in partnership with Marvel Comics. Uh, the hunter is there to stand in for the player and will be highly customizable in both appearance and combat ability. Uh, Solomon said that there are over 40 different superpowers available to the player across a wide spectrum, from light, mirroring the most traditional of superheroes in the game like Iron Man and Captain America, to dark, mirroring more occult anti-heroes such as Ghost Rider and Blade. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of both rumors where they said there was like customizable heroes but it's not like a full squad you have like your player avatar character that you can customize but then you have this team of other heroes that you can use that come with you on the missions as well okay and um i was actually really excited by the inclusion of magic just because she's not as well known she's like the valkyrie looking person who who has the giant sword in the beginning and i was like I don't really love her comics or anything, but I was just like, the fact that I could play as that character got me excited because, yeah, Marvel games, you think of the classic major heroes and stuff. This is somebody who I was like, lesser tier, I would want to play that and rock that shit. 
Like, yeah, it's just, and Nico is from uh, Marvel Runaways, which is actually a TV show. I think on like WB or PBS or some, it's, I think it's on Hulu actually, but you can watch it's. Yeah, but again, a lesser known but still kind of cool tie-in character that I was like, I yeah. knew that person. Yeah, it's nice they're not using all the standards. Like, they do have, like, Captain America and Iron Man, mm-hmm. but, like, it's not just, like, Thor and Black Widow and everything yeah. from the MCU. Okay, oh, by the way, all the stuff I'm reading from is from the Polygon article, just for, for reference sake, so it don't, doesn't, um, I'm not stealing it. Uh, you can read the full article on, on, on their website. And I popped um, over to the website apparently and like less than seven days, they're going to release gameplay footage. Yeah. Yeah. They said September 1st, I think was the, when they're going to release gameplay. All right. So as the newly resurrected hunter, players are the only one capable of stopping Lilith and her minions from destroying the world. Uh, but while the stakes are high, the game will not include permadeath, which is another departure from the classic XCOM formula. We don't have permadeath because the fantasy is very different. The fantasy in XCOM is the fantasy of soldiers holding on for dear life against a superior enemy. And in Midnight Suns, very quickly, I realized the superior enemy of this game is the superheroes, so instead the bad guys are terrified of you. Focusing fire in order to take down a single powerful enemy was key to conquering the puzzle-like missions in XCOM and XCOM 2. This time around, players will be taking down multiple enemies at a time with powerful attacks that have a much larger impact and range than traditional plasma or laser weaponry. Solomon said players will also be interacting more with the environment, leaping off cars, pulling down light poles, and kicking objects all the way across the map. You're doing these very large moves, these epic moves, and so the mechanics are just completely different, which results in you still scratching the same itch because it is turn-based tactic combat where you're controlling the team, but the fantasy is very different, and that means the mechanics are 100% different. I I can dig it. I can I understand where they're coming from with that, and that that's cool. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like I I get it. Like it, it's it'd be weird if you felt like if you're playing as like Captain Marvel and you're cowering behind a, you know, half blown up car because you're afraid, you know, a a 90% shot might kill her, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I trust that they're going to make a good tactics game because, you know, XCOM has always been good. Agreed. Agreed. And I was looking on the website. I'm not seeing the max support right away. It might be, it's on steam and I have a feeling I'm going to wait a little, but this sucks. Oh, like, it sucks so hard where I'm usually the kind of guy who, yeah, I can wait six months. I can wait 12 months for a game. This one's going to suck. Oh, yeah. Especially because I'm going to get it and then start talking about it. You bitch. <laughs> I mean, it's it's on Switch. It's right there. I don't want to play it on Tiny Switch. I mean, come on. I like my Switch, but this, this could be like, this could be my life. I could... I'm okay with this being my life for, like, months. I could uh, play this. Like, like, I'm already like, oh, if you take four characters in, I could play this game at least four to five playthroughs just to get all the characters. And then I need different combinations of them. And like, I mean, it seems this, like you have access to, like, all the characters and you just choose which ones come with you on in each mission. Like, it, like, cycles through kind of like XCOM. But, like, I just... I want them to get all the cool armor, the cool shit. Like, I just, I really want to immerse myself in this game. I love it. I, Why can't I have it? Well, you know, if you owned a gaming PC like all the rest of us and not a stupid Mac, you would be able to play it. This is like, why am I like discriminated against as a Mac <laughs> user? Like, what is this conspiracy where... Like, why do Max take so long to get games? I, you know, I honestly don't know. It's been that, how that, many years? Like, yeah, that that is a good question. This is it's it's just wrong. Like, I mean, <laughs> I understand I can buy a PC, sure, but like, no, just give it to me on my Mac. You know, I have a Mac. You know, I, Steam watches me. They know what I do. <laughs> I would love this. I just want it. Come on, maybe in the next few months they'll say, okay, Max, they've got like, again, March, you've got like six months to make this for me. And yes, I'm reaching out to like Veraxis and all the people out there. Please make this game for a Mac on release date. I'm, I'm trying to look up 
when it came out for Mac on like XCOM, how long it took for them. Because I'm just thinking of like civilization and all the civilization patches, and I'm just sitting there waiting to play with you guys because every well, time it so, updates. So, so like XCOM 2 came out on PC, Mac, and Linux on the same day. See, that's... Like, yeah. They all released at the same time. Like XCOM... Let me check XCOM Chimera Squad, the more recent one. That one did not come out on a Mac at the beginning. I don't know if it did ever. Yeah, it, that one only came out on Windows. Like, that one didn't come out on any Switch or anything. So that's weird. And yeah, like, Civilization is, like, farmed out to a, a secondary company that does the Mac ports. And I think that's like, what causes the problem is it's literally the fact that, like, I've asked, like, the Civilization tech support and they're like, oh, no, this other company handles Mac problems and stuff. And so I get this. That's what's sort of this delay. But, like... And uh, so Civ, I'm looking at Civ 6 and Civ 6 came out on Windows and Mac at the same time as well. Okay. I mean, it I'm just, just hoping, gets the updates worse. Yeah, I'm hoping that they just haven't like advertised it yet and eventually or usually bigger games like this when it says like it's releasing on all platforms, like the way it has like PS4, PS5 and Switch and all that. I feel like they'll probably include Mac in that. Like, I can't see if they're, like, re releasing it on everything under the sun, why would they be like, nah, I don't feel like doing it for, for the other, like, 10% of computer users that want to play this. 10%? Well, I, 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 in like terms 50 -50? of gaming... You don't think it's 50-50? I do not think for gaming-wise it's 50-50. Because, like... Gaming PCs are a big deal, you know, and like yeah. people who like computer gaming, like updating their uh, graphics cards and updating their, you know, drivers and, you know, adding more SSDs and all that other stuff. And, you know, Macs are notoriously like, yeah. don't fuck with them. Like you get one and it works really well, but you're not like upgrading it or like, like when you want a better Mac, you just get a new Mac. Were you the type of person when you have a gaming PC to actually like rig it out and customize pieces? No, like this, the current PC that I'm on, actually, I sort of upgraded. I, I okay, I sort of is not right. I did upgrade it. I think I, but I only upgraded it like three years ago and I didn't even get like the high end stuff at that time. Like I just... I upgraded it enough to, to play some things well and like I can play most everything that I want to on the PC fine and for now at least. So I'm not too worried. Like, But I, I don't have top of the line stuff. I'm not like... For, I don't have a 4K monitor. I'm not like trying to buy the $500, you know, graphics cards that are out now or whatever. There's a Usually I would just... Yeah. buy a new computer like that's, when i need a new computer that's what i did was i would like every pc i used to own and stuff i would just keep it as it is i never really added to it like you were saying or anything and if i needed to like for a new game or so several years had passed because again i was a slow gamer even then like i would just get a new computer every couple of years if i needed to for that well so so like for me like i was an only child so I always had, like, the family computer. Mm -hmm. And so, like, whenever... My, my parents are not, like, super techies. So, like, I would just play games on the family computer. And then whenever that computer broke, they would get a new computer. And, like, that's just how it worked. And then uh -huh. for a while, like, through college, uh, I had a laptop. And gaming laptops weren't a big thing back when we were in college. So yeah. I like used I ha my personal computer for a long time was it was a laptop which isn't like again it's not like a upgradey type sort of like you fiddle with all the parts like it's a laptop once it's dead it's kind of dead mm -hmm. and then I think it was first time I moved I got a new PC and it was that was the first PC it was like a fully upgraded like top of the line at the time. I had a whole terabyte of 
hard drive data like that was amazing at the time back in I think it was 2011 and that was like the first time I had my own personal PC that was actually like a computer and not a laptop and so that one is like the frame I still have like 10 years later but I think like three years ago I want to say I flushed out most of the parts i think the only thing i'm still using is the the og terabyte hard drive i think i replaced everything else uh the processor the video card um the motherboard all that stuff and so that's like what's running right now and i i need to replace the hard drive it's honestly it's gotten to the point where like everything loads poorly and takes forever and i think it's due to the fact that i'm using a decade old hard drive still yeah, I'm thinking back, and you're right. I had a the family computer basically, which I would just kind of advise them to get like cool, like stuff that could play my games. But it was the family computer until college. College was probably the first. I had a gaming system. Eventually, in college, a gaming laptop or a, a laptop that could do that trick for like stuff. And then probably I think in grad school I had the second upgraded gaming rig, and that was it then. And then eventually, like I just switched to a Mac and. It was more, I think, at that time because I was less into gaming and more into like wanting graphics or movies and stuff like that. And I wanted the Mac's like giant like screen for it. And I got that. And since then, I've just done that because I wasn't a gamer. And then I only realized like recently like, oh, I'm missing like two or three of my favorite games on Steam. I just can't play. And I have not played in like four or five years because of that. Mm -hmm. But like I've never missed it until like now and, <laughs> and now like i'm sitting here and still like while you're talking like i mean big money z can show up and i could literally buy i guess a gaming rig i would i don't have a desk or any place to put it but like and i'm planning i mean that. this it's is just... what a console is for dude like that's why this is why i'm mostly a console gamer like i've always preferred to play on consoles versus the computer and that's why I'm like, oh, the console does probably do other things you were telling me a while back. Like, yeah, it plays like DVDs or Blu-rays or such. But I'm like, and that appeals to me. It's just, so the one thing in this is, this is a tactical RPG type of game, as you said. Like, can you play that on a console pretty well? Or you need a mouse and keyboard, I would think. I mean, I've played XCOM 2 on the PlayStation 4, like... I well I I played XCOM 2 on PC and PlayStation 4 and like then back to PC cuz PC was superior. PC was superior in the fact that like it was less buggy. Like it wasn't in in terms of like the actual like gameplay I didn't have much of a problem, but I'm also like used to playing with controllers and like I mean, think about Final Fantasy Tactics, right? You played that with a controller. You didn't play that on a PC. That's true. Like, it would but, seem weird to me to play it on a PC. And, like, yeah, it makes sense to play that on a controller. Yeah. So, like, I think you can easily play Tactics games on on controllers. And, and like, the, the gameplay whatever differences are not as vast as, like, say, playing, like, a first-person shooter between having like a mouse to cl just click at people versus having to aim with a, a controller stick now it gets into the question of like should i buy a playstation 5 really just for a single game i don't think so but like nothing else i need is on the playstation 5 i think yeah but just because you don't need it doesn't mean you won't pick it up yeah i mean like <laughs> that's the problem like, think this of the all those thing. ps yeah. Think of all those PS4 games that you never played that you now have access to if you have a PS5. Oh, yeah. It has that backwardsness. Yep. Because a I lot mean, of backwardsness. This was the same thing with the Switch where I was like, I'm barely going to get like five or ten Switch games. And at this point, I definitely have ten Switch games. Uh, I think you have more than that. I might. actually. I'm right around ten-ish. But still, I was thinking Lifetime and I'm like already at that and like I can get more. <laughs> you but might like, oh man now i did not intend when we started this podcast to be like as in like this episode even 
Like, oh uh, yeah, PS5 seems like a rational decision at this time. <laughs> How much are the PS5s these days? The digital only ones are 400 and the ones with a disk drive are 500. Oh, which would you recommend? I mean, I got a disk drive one just because I have a bunch of PS4 discs and oh. it's like I can use it and like I also have Blu-rays and DVDs and shit that I watch and so, for me it was enough of a benefit that I would use the disk drive uh-huh. on occasion but it, it's entirely like if you want to go all digital and keep it simple and like you don't have a PS4 so you don't have any physical ps4 things to use with it like a digital one would probably work fine for you it seems so finite though the idea of like oh at some point the hard drive would fill up and like then yeah i mean that's already happened with me most games even if you get the physical copy they have to install stuff on the hard drive like consoles work like computers now that's not like the cartridge days yeah yeah like i downloaded i think it was divinity 2 and that just destroyed my switch with like so many gigs of data i'm looking at the games you've played on switch right now wait you can do that yeah you're my friend i can do that but youtube doesn't count okay so let's see one i didn't even know that that was a thing five six seven oh boy and i do have blu-rays and dvds though you've got 15 that you've played on here okay so you have you have passed the 10 game mark although i do see oh maybe it does does you didn't play the demo that I told you to play, did you? You don't know that. Maybe I did. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't show up on your play activity, so... No, I haven't. Jesus. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm calling you out. Your Switch onlineness has betrayed you. Wow. It's just putting it all out there. <laughs> I did see you've played Other Side, though. Oh, I, I've been playing it. I finally beat the level one boss just yesterday. Nice. It was it was a good like it's been rewarding so far like I'm excited to see what level two brings and such. Cool, yeah. But you didn't actually get into level two. You just I I played like one level of it and like I saw like two new monsters that I'm dealing with basically. But I mean like it was an interesting boss fight in that my highest characters are now wounded, and that now like stays with them. And so I have to figure out like what the crap do I do. And so it is an interesting uh, sense of like playing this game now with like my best characters are now super vulnerable and weak, but we'll yeah. see. Cool. So yeah. It is I, super um... dark though. I will put out like, it deserves like a content warning on the game in like, it is really dark. And I appreciate, like, I remember reading an article or so where they were saying like, they intentionally didn't want to set it then in the real world or any time in like human history. Like there's a time of like 18 something, but it's not meant to be like any period in like the world history because and they just made the bad guy or the like the plague named the suffering rather than any real world thing because it 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 is kind of dark there's themes of like children being tortured and stuff like that and it can get heavy it's never feeling overbearing or uncomfortable for me but i could definitely see with this like gothy vibe that it kind of has like some people may find that a little bit disturbing gotcha yeah, I um I haven't been playing too much. I've been playing more Final Fantasy fourteen, but I talked about that last week. I've been playing Hades again. I uh got it for PS five, uh, <laughs> and I've started playing through that uh, again and starting from the bottom. And now we're here. I just beat Hades again for the first time on the PS five uh last night. So I have shaken off all the dust and uh got back to my you know hades killing roots game like you, is still good played it and beaten it though like multiple multiple times yes yeah like I, I i i think i beat it 26 times on switch and yet you felt wait on switch so on a console yes and, and so now you... i'm doing it on the ps5 why yes why not why? there's trophies on the ps5 oh like is that the only difference in the games i mean it rumbles when you pet cerberus so there's levels of gaming that i just don't think then again i didn't think i would be at the level of gaming where i'm like 
oh, I'll buy a console for a single game. But like, <laughs> I hope I don't come to that point where the rumbling is the justification for buying a game I already own. I mean, I like, I, there's nothing wrong with buying a game again. Like, it's a, like, I like supporting developers, you know? Uh-huh. I, I like this game enough that I having multiple ways to play it is fine. And Fair. like, you know, I bought XCOM 2 twice. Like I got it on PC yeah. and then I got it on PS4. Cause like originally when I, when I first played XCOM 2, like the PC, my PC was just about like, it was before I upgraded it. So my, like, like it was like, the minimum settings for XCOM 2 were like the maximum settings for that PC. So like it, w I was playing it, but it was chugging, and there was a lot of like if I, I ran I remember, anything like, else. I've wa I think I remember watching you play at that time and like seeing it was rough, and you had to put it on the lowest graphics and stuff. Yeah, but I I did it because I love XCOM and mm -hmm. I love that game. And then when the PS4 version came out. I got it on that because then it wouldn't chug, but it had other buggy issues and problems and freezing and all that shit. But I will say, despite the game fighting against me and trying to keep me from beating it, I beat that damn thing on the PS4 on classic Iron Man. And you can't take that away from me. I did War of the Chosen, too. Like, the full... All three of the Chosen. That shit... <sighs> that shit is probably the trophy I'm the most proud of is getting that the Iron Man commander Iron Man trophy or whatever. Anyway, so you've never bought a game twice? I I'm thinking about it. Like I bought the game I bought games twice, but usually to like keep a copy for myself, give it to my sibling or give it to a friend to play multiplayer or something. So I've done it in that sort of a sense. But like mm -hmm. I'm tr and that's probably like civilization or such, but I'm trying to think of like have I bought like a video game twice outside like, so of like saying, XCOM, like the old original nineties one I would buy every so often, every time I like lost it or something. Uh, I don't think like, I, like you, you never, well, do you count like the Sega Genesis mini that you got? Like, cause that's like technically oh, buying toe jam and Earl twice. I don't count that one actually, because like, well, I mean, it has toe jam and Earl on it, but it, because it's like got, all these games inside of it, I don't count it as the same, if that makes sense. Okay. Because it's got multiple... It's It just happens to have one game that overlaps. Like, I didn't pay the whole thing for the simple... For that one game. But Toe Jam & Earl, I'm trying to think of. Have I bought twice? No, because I, I never owned the game the first time. So this was the first time I'm owning it, actually. So I take that back as well. Sonic and stuff? No, I wouldn't have... Twisted Metal is the franchise that comes to mind, but... Twisted Metal 2, I've always had my original copy, and all of the other ones I bought one time. I'm trying to think, have I broken a disc or anything? But no, I take pretty good care of them all. So yeah, I don't think I've rebought games outside of, like, unless you count, like, pay-to-play Hearthstone, and where I just constantly put money into it. But no. Yeah, I think I've, I've never had a need to double up on games. What about movies? Oh, uh... Because there's definitely something. If you start, like CDs, I've definitely bought multiple CDs of the same one. Because that I've burned yeah. through. Movies, I've bought like collector's editions or things where I've had like, oh, a $5 version. And then I've gone out and bought like the 10-year anniversary with the extras and stuff back in the day. Probably Clerks is the one that comes to mind. Probably some Tarantino movies where like I bought collector's editions and it came in like a five-pack and a one-pack kind of thing. So I've definitely done it with movies and DVDs and like CDs, but that's because they run out or such or for like different like, oh, I have an MP3 of an album and then I buy the actual one. Then I might buy a record of it. So that's that's totally in my wheelhouse. Gotcha. Yeah. Books, I've I mean, done the I, same as well. Like I bought yeah. multiple copies of books. Yeah. Like, well, I, I definitely have done books multiple times. I think the only times I've gotten movie multiple times is from vhs to disc like if i owned something way back in the vhs days and then wanted like an upgraded copy like i got independence day and then yeah you know i had to get a blu-ray or dvd version of that or something like i, I didn't i don't necessarily upgrade from dvd to blu-ray but i definitely upgraded from vhs 
and I never like watch any of the special feature oh. shit. So like I never get like the special anniversary editions of it because I don't ever watch the behind the scenes stuff. Like I just watch the movie. Ever? Like even when you're younger? Even when I was younger, yeah. I I, I don't know. I I See, I, I guess like yeah. I like coming across weird behind the scenes shit on like Twitter when people tell me about it, but I'll never sit through like a twenty minute documentary of like this is how they made Shaun of the Dead or whatever. Uh, see, mm-hmm. like that's the stuff I that's why like I'm really disappointed with like streaming services I feel like has killed that where if you watch stuff on Netflix or HBO Max or stuff, like I loved owning special editions that like like the Clerks Ten version had like a one and a half hour. It was basically a full movie documentary on the making of the movie. I sat and watched that whole thing back in like college. Like I would sit and like because I've seen the movie and I'm like but I want to experience parts of it. So I'll watch something that reminds me of it. And I would like the one part I could never get into that. I wanted to commentary. Like I could watch some commentary episodes for like movies and stuff, but like, like doing scrubs commentary or such, I have them all, but I've just never watched it. That's tougher for me. Yeah. No, I like, I think the only thing I'd ever watch is like gag reels from like comedies Uh, or whatever. Those always make me laugh. Especially like the the old gag reels from like Jackie Chan movies, those are always fun. Like they Jackie Chan was always like the movies. Yeah, but like then they they might have some extra ones in like the the DVD extras or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I'll say, like I ended up having to watch like um, Suicide Squad. I had to watch it on HBO Max, and so. I ended up watching it and then I discovered on HBO Max they had behind the scenes footages and I loved the movie when I was watching it and I was like, I'm just going to watch these. And I watched it and it was like 30 minutes of like these six, five minute vignette things. And I loved watching that then. It was it was sort of like a little like I want to continue. I'm enjoying this so much and I don't want to watch the whole thing again. But like, what do I do? It sort of does that like where I can immediately re-experience it. And because I tend to do this stuff solo like on my own, I can just sit there and nerd out with myself about it in a way. Because normally yeah. I have like friends to talk about, like, oh, that was awesome. Or remember that scene and stuff. When I can't do that, I'll just watch like the behind the scenes. And it's like the director. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was awesome, director guy. So you want to nerd out about Suicide Squad? Sure. I've already kind of done it with like Mr. Gunn himself, but sure. <laughs> oh, I see. So I'm just I'm just the backup now. Huh. We mean, have a podcast where we talk about shit, and yet you don't even consider talking about it with me. Okay, you know, I get it. I, mean, I get that I'm your backup, that you call at two in the morning when <laughs> James Gunn doesn't answer, and, and you you need a, a podcast call. And At 2 a.m., okay. you made this weirdly, like, a, a booty call? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a, a, a nerdy booty call, you know? Like, you don't get to nerd out with, with who you want to, so you call me. I get it. You're you're my backup to like James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, okay. I Whatever. Mean, isn't that a pretty good number two to be behind or so? <laughs> Look, I don't ever want to be considered number two. All right, it's number one or nothing. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, so so what did you think of Suicide Squad? I love spoilers. The, yeah, we're gonna get spoilers on this one. I really love the vibe of the movie in the sense of where like i i've read the comics i enjoy suicide squad and i've seen the previous suicide squad movie which was eh, but i was like this is all i'm gonna get of the suicide squad they're never gonna make more of it okay this is all i have sort of thing this one though hit on all the right points of what i would want out of a suicide squad movie even from like the false intro and then the setup and i was just like Holy shit, that's awesome. Let's go with it. Like, you've you've sold me. Take my money. I'm ready to go. I'm immersed in the world as soon as you did that. And I trust mm-hmm. you now in how this movie is going to go. Watching it through, the movie it actually most vibed with me for was it reminded me actually of the Harley Quinn movie. I don't the know if you The Birds got of Prey? Birds of Prey. There's partly, I mean, so Margot Robbie is in both movies and... Her Harley Quinn feels the same. I like that her character doesn't feel unchanged. Like her character feels the same in both movies, even though it's two different directors and two different vibes. And like she has a sequence in Suicide Squad where she's just kicking ass. And I was like, that sequence could be in the other movie almost like shot for shot. 
And I really enjoyed that aspect too. And I just dug, I love John Cena's performance and the whole thing was amazing. It was to the point of where towards the end, I'm like, there's inevitably betrayals, good guys, bad guys. I wonder, and I rooted for every character by the end. Like that was also really well done. There was no throwaways because the throwaways were sort of in the false intro. Right. Yeah. And then you got invested in all of these characters and even like Peter Capaldi's character, like the thinker and stuff, you were like, I, I love this. I want, just give me, I just want to be along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. I th- fucking kaiju. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely thought it was a much better movie than the first one. Like, I think it's would have been very hard for them to make a worse movie yeah. than the first one. Cause the first one was just awful. Like, ugh. It was it was rough in that you didn't have like expendable characters and you didn't have expendable characters that became beloved by the end. Here, you had a, mm-hmm. such a weird pool that you were like, okay, like I'm cool with this, and you had big name people for some of these guys like Fula Borg and stuff who may not be a big name, but I was like, I know this character or I know this, I know Pete Davidson, I know like uh, Nathan Fillion. I want these guys to keep going and stuff, and then stuff happens and you're following along and all, and so. And it was nice that I had been relatively like sheltered in a, I didn't watch trailers and stuff as much as I could ahead of time so that I didn't want to spoil myself on this movie. Although I had an inkling of there could be a potential kaiju, I think in one of the trailers or something I had caught online when I saw the like star guy, but he's actually one of my favorite characters from the comic books as well. <laughs> like it's an actual, it's one of my favorite, I think, it's an old 1980s comic with like Superman and Batman actually where back in the day, it might've been even older in 1970s where like somebody sends it to Superman as a gift and like it catches on Superman's face. And so the whole episode of the whole comic is like this fantasy world where everything great is happening and all. And Superman realizes like, wait a second, this is all so perfect. How is this true? And he's been hypnotized by this little star creature that almost like beat him and all it is is a starfish on his face kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I really liked having Starro as as a bad guy. Like I I like that James Gunn just went weird as shit as he possibly could. Yes. You know, like he just grabbed all these kinds of random ass heroes and anti-heroes and villains and whatnot and just was like I'm going to make as weird a movie as I possibly can. And, you know, it works because that's what his bread and butter is, is making weird characters work. And he said he kind of did it. And so backstage and, you know, the behind the scenes with me and Mr. Gunn, when we were checking it out, he mentions like his inspiration was he had Guardians of the Galaxy, but he felt really restricted by these are characters that are typecast or you have to like kind of do certain things with them. And he wanted to make like a hero movie or a grouping of weirdos kind of movie, but he felt restrained with that one. And so this was his kind of chance to do it with people had no expectations of like polka dot man and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think, I think he, there was an interview he did where he was like, after the the whole kerfuffle where he got fired from (laughs) Disney and like dc approached him they were like you can make whatever movie you want like we'll you can direct whichever sort of you know franchise or whatever like you we just want you to work for us and he's like and i think this the quote is something along of like a super, another superman movie is always going to be made another batman movie is always going to be made but when am i ever going to get the chance to make a polka dot man movie yeah you know like and so he like that's why he picked Suicide Squad and like why he went with this sort of like ragtag sort of mm-hmm. crew because he got to make a movie with all these, you know, weirdos and not just like another Superman movie. And it sort of hit on like, like, I don't have like a classic, oh, this is a Harvey Z type of movie. But one of the things that he did was a group of weirdos put together kind of thing where his his idea of it was like 1970s war movie. And he's thinking of like the Dirty Dozen, which even down to like the graphics and the font and stuff, that was sort of his inspiration of like these guys going in and like you're, some of them are going to inevitably not be expendable, but 
they're going to die off and such. And you're kind of rooting sort of in an inglorious bastards, dirty dozen sort of way. And I was just, I love that. And it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, like watching it and like, Oh, who's going to fuck up where, and who's going to suddenly sell them out or who's going to fall and who's going to become the hero and such. It was, it was a fun ride that I really enjoyed. And I wish there was more movies like that in a, that sort of a war movie kind of thing, not like the Saving Private Ryan type of epic war movies, but like this, these group of bastards who have to like get through and they're anti-heroes in a way and such, and they got to work together to solve it. Almost not quite an Ocean's Eleven either, where that's sort of that in a heist form. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. It was a very fun movie. The other tidbit from the uh, behind the scenes that Mr. Gunn pointed out that as soon as I said it, I was like, I kind of want to go back and watch the movie. He was noting that like they had to build the cameras for the whole movie. Like the technology came after the fact of what he had envisioned. And I was like, what, where are you going with this, Mr. Gunn? And what he pointed out is that every shot almost in the movie is a moving camera shot. There's an almost no still camera shots in the entire film. Every time the camera huh. is moving and then they showed like they built these i think it was called like red cams or something where this company built how do we make these electronic or mechanical moving cameras that were constantly move in various ways through every single sequence that james gunn was like envisioning and they were showing it from like the behind the scenes footage but i was just like i kind of want to i didn't even notice it in the film like that was what they were intentionally doing or such. It, the film didn't feel weird or like Batman shaky cam or anything like that to me. It was just, yeah, every shot though was apparently a moving shot. Yeah. I, I never would have noticed that or thought about it. If you didn't bring it up, like you can always tell when they're doing like the one shots where everything yeah. is just like one f- fluid thing or whatever, but not having any still cameras or like a very small shot. Like it's not something you think to notice. It's either the camera is walking alongside with them or in the shots, the sequences, the camera is like zooming in and out or like scanning, but in a natural way. So it never feels though, like, as you said, there was no, oh, we have a camera set up and then the action happens. It's they built every camera was designed to move alongside with the sequence of actions and such to like, as he said, it was to immerse you in the action in some way, which I mean, it, it immersed me, but I didn't know that that. I didn't pick up on that when I was watching it. I was just like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on the movie. Like, I guess we didn't spoil too much about it, but like it was a fun movie. And I think that was the most important part of it is Mm -hmm. that, you know, it seemed like the characters, not the characters, the actors were having fun and like the the actual thing movie itself was fun. It wasn't like dour and edgy and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was I, a good kind of like ride all the way through. Like I, I didn't overthink yeah. it. I didn't underthink it. it. It was a good movie that made me feel like I was at the movies to watch it. I'm really disappointed that Shang Chi is not going to be on Disney Plus anytime soon because I like I have to really figure out if I want to go to a movie theater or not. Like mm-hmm. we made it there for Fast Nine, mm-hmm. and I think. That that's the only movie in theater I've seen since Sonic. Um, yeah, I've, everything else has been HBO Max or Disney Plus or you know whatever. True, like it does actually weirdly factor in for me. Like I've seen A Quiet Place two and I've seen Fast Nine, but like I wanted to see The Green Knight, I wanted to see Black Widow, I wanted to see a couple others, and I'm just I'll get around to it and I sort of delay. It, it doesn't it doesn't pop up as a oh i'll just go over to the movies and hop on over kind of thing anymore have you not seen black widow yet no i don't know where to see it now it's not in theaters i think oh i mean you can come over and watch it here do you have it yeah like i went the when it came out like i did a whole movie night with our friends i, like, I know i couldn't make it but yes yeah but like like we when you buy it on disney plus like you just own it oh so like I can watch it whenever. Then you're yeah sure. At some point I would like to come over and watch Black Widow. Widow sure. Okay cool. It's on yeah my I'd list be of down Marvel for movies. <laughs> yeah yeah too bad we like I think they said that like Shang Chi is theater exclusive for forty five days or something like that's what the new thing they're trying is. Um, I mean they did have the Hoker Fluffle then with Black Widow for this very reason. 
Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like, like Black Widow was the right way to do it. Like, I feel the movie theaters and actors and everyone, they're like putting up a stink about it. And like, I think they should, like, I agree with Scarlett Johansson that like, it should be in their contracts that they get stuff out of these streaming mm-hmm. debuts. Um, but at the same time, like, I think there should be streaming debuts. Like, it's gotten to the point where, like, I don't know, they're, like, forcing people to go back to theaters and, like, they're going to take the wrong lessons from it. Like, Shang-Chi has a chance to be, like, a really great, like, Asian, you know, superhero movie and, and like, sort of bolster that community, sort of like how Black Panther did. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact that they're like sort of forcing it into theaters when like people are worried about Delta variant and, you know, other stuff like that. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes, I guess. Hey, movie. we're ending on a depressing note. What? Yeah, what? I was like, I was trying to like pull out of that one and I was like, I've got to get a comment of something. And like, did you see the Spider-Man trailer? That's what I was going to talk to you about. I did. I did not unspoil myself, but I'm very confused because the Internet seems weird and I can't trust the internet anymore <laughs> why is william defoe trending uh, well did you watch the trailer i did i didn't see william defoe in it well i mean he his face wasn't in it but the green goblin bomb was and his voice was in it and his laugh see i just assumed oh green goblin is gonna be in this i didn't assume they're gonna go back and get fucking william defoe I mean, that's they had it, Alfred yeah. Molina, so they did have yeah. Alfred Molina, but like, really, William Defoe, you're gonna pull him in, and is Toby Maguire like people are like hoping he's in it? So you're really unspoiled. Like, yeah, I I'll, only thing I've seen is that trailer that came out this week, and that's it. And then there's a whole bunch of memes, and I'm confused by the memes, and I'm trying to ignore the memes. But, like, again, why is Tobey Maguire? Why is William Defoe? Why are people caring about that? Uh, Alfred Molina, I, mean, I knew. I mean, I... This is really we- awkward now, because I could tell you, but then that would, like, be a spoiler. So I assume that somehow now Tobey Maguire is likely going to be in this movie, and I'm just puzzled as to how did people figure that out? From the trailer or something else, probably? So there's been casting stuff and like set on set like rumors. Uh, so and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know anybody else besides those three right now, and I do remember or the meme thing or at least that's been on the internet for Alfred Molina was like he announced that he was in this movie like months ago and said fuck the he NBA. wasn't supposed to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And apparently people were like, maybe he's joking. And they didn't know. And I back then was like, I don't care. And maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. But and now apparently, no, he just really meant fuck the NDA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alfred Molina. I'm fine it's with great, that. though. Yeah. 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 No. He's a good doc. I, I think. Yeah. He's a good doc. Hawk, and also, I think those sorts, these sorts of like, it's weird because, like, on the one hand, I get that they're trying to keep, like, this really cool casting sort of thing a secret to, like, drum up hype for when it eventually, they eventually reveal it. But at the same time, like, forcing these actors to, like, not talk about anything when, like, movies have been delayed for a year and a half and the entire industry is just sort of, like frozen in time and like no you still can't say anything nah, nah, nah. we're gonna release this trailer in another year when the, all the movies have been delayed five times or whatever so i don't know i can i can use an analogy that i don't often use because i know you're not a fan but this actually recently came up in the wrestling world in so there's wwe there's aew i think you know about aew being this smaller upstart company by the jacksonville jaguars owner's son but like Mm -hmm. one of the things that they did really well that they executed actually just last week was about a month or two ago there was rumors that they had signed a wrestler by the name of cm punk cm punk was super well known in the wwe and he kind of walked away he was disenchanted with the wwe like i would say seven eight years ago he walked away from the company at that time he did some stuff in mma but like 
fans loved CM Punk and would chant his name almost in a sign of like protest at like WWE shows that they were bored at. Like if they weren't enjoying it, they would start chanting CM Punk over and over and over. Or if you're in (laughs) Chicago, his hometown, it was just there. And so people wanted him back and he was just always really, it's never going to happen. He was actually really bitter. There was some lawsuit stuff with there. And so it sort of was just pipe dream in a way. And then, about a month ago, there was rumors that he might have signed with AEW and people weren't sure or not. And then what AEW did was they were going to launch a new like, oh, they do shows on Wednesdays, but they're going to launch a new like Thursday show or something or one of the like a new time slot for a new show, basically. And they were like, oh, it's going to be in a month. And then that episode, they just made a whole bunch of references like inside jokes to CM Punk. They never said him by name, but they would say his catchphrases or things like that. So like if you're watching the episode and you're a wrestling fan, you're like, oh, I know all these insider lingo things. Are they are they hinting at this? Are they? And then people were like, when are they going to do this and stuff? Are they? And they're like, oh, we've got this debut show in Chicago. Anything can happen. And they basically treated it like it was called the worst kept secret in wrestling. Uh-huh. And the reason that they did it was... They ended up selling out their stadium in Chicago. It was one of their first big live shows, and they sold the whole place out. It wasn't a pay-per-view or anything, and they ended up for their ratings getting like 1.2 million, which is like normally their ratings are like 600 or whatever. They doubled it just from this debut episode, and the first thing they did at the top of the show as it started, they sent out CM Punk. (laughs) And the crowd goes nuts. It's huge ovation. People are like crying because they thought this could never happen kind of thing. Like it was considered like the perfect way they did this because everybody who bought a ticket was like, they've, they've hinted so much. They got to debut him here. And it was one of those fine lines because WWE has done this where they've hinted things and then not done it or taken it away. And like here they promised something and then they delivered it and so people are like, but there was no hype. You knew he was going to be there. But there was always this, well, what if he's not? But the fact that he wasn't and that he was, like the entire crowd that night was like, it wasn't a bad show. Everybody loved it. Everybody went home happy, basically. And it was mm-hmm. well done. And the way they did it was like they, behind the scenes, they've talked about it now on interviews and stuff. They treated it like the worst kept secret where you basically hint at it without hinting at it in a way. Like CM Punk never said he was going to do this. And he was like, ah, we don't know what the future will hold and stuff. But, like, the company was hyping you up for it. Gotcha. Yeah. And, like, that sort of stuff I get, and that's cool. But when it's, like, when they, like, are not trying to hint at those things and they're, like, Mm -hmm. actively smushing and shushing people and, like, not, like, going along with the worst kept secret sort of thing, like, that's when it gets annoying. When it's like, all right, we know this is happening. Why don't you just release the trailer? Which is why I think Spider the Spider Man trailer has like they've been all over Twitter asking for it for so long because they're like, we know who's in this cast. Come on, just release the trailer. We want to see what the movie's about. That's tough when you know in this day and age, like already because you have like casting lists and choices and stuff like that. Like this one was one where. Like people knew he was signed, but then they just kind of was like, maybe he'll be backstage and stuff. He's not going to come out. He's, he's not. And in a movie, it's different. Like if somebody's in a movie there, unless you do like fake movie trailers or fake movie things, which I think Marvel did, they would put like deliberately fake or altered trailers where like, you didn't know certain things like Thor's eye was like one where they CGI'd. So he had both eyes in like the Marvel movies and stuff. When in one of them spoilers, he like Mm -hmm. loses an eye, but that wasn't, if you watch the trailers, it was doctored in such a way or such things like that. Like I really appreciated when Marvel did that. Yeah. Like th- again, that sort of stuff is cool, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you know what I mean when yeah. there's what the difference is and everything. The one that I'm still not spoiled on is the carnage movie. I, I still need to see the first venom movie and I, I want to see both of them. I love the characters. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe we can have a, a Black Widow Venom movie night or something. Wait, you have Venom as well? I don't know if I have Venom, but I'm sure I can find a way to watch it. I'm sure it's on a streaming service somewhere, since that's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. Like, it's not actively bad, it's just dumb but fun. Like, it, 
Venom is very much, it feels like a late 90s, early 2000s superhero movie transplanted into like now. Huh. Like it has that same sort of like tone and the way things happen and everything. It's 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 okay. like it's worth watching. Okay. I'm curious now because my dream would be like in the Carnage movie, Spider-Man shows up. That would be, but I don't think we're going to get like Marvel Spider-Man in that franchise. But like, I would love to have all three of those characters like Venom, Carnage and Spider-Man. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. It went a lot of ways. We like book ended it with Marvel. (laughs) So started with the Marvel game and ended with Marvel movies. Uh, Yeah, that's. That's it. Uh, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at make me a Harvey Z. You can find me on Twitter at Atma underscore Phoenix. You can find our podcast at make me a podcast. You can always email us at make me a gamer podcast at gmail.com. And you can find my writings at atmasweapon.com. Uh, you can join our discord in the link below and that's it. Harvey Z take us out. I need to have a Marvel crossover event with Harvey Z. I wonder if I could, is that a good life goal to appear somewhere in a Marvel movie? Maybe as an extra or a background character or somewhere in, I mean, there's a ton of movies out there. I just have to show up on a day of filming. I think I can do it. <laughs> like, that's a, like, that's a good, like, $5 bet. Can Harvey Z be an extra in a Marvel movie? Or a star. I mean, hey, Mr. Gunn, we, we've chatted before, or at least you've chalked and I've listened. My phone's available, buddy. Oh, man, if I could be in Suicide Squad, I would love to be an extra. Or put me in as one of the heroes and, like, let me die. I'll die in the first five seconds. I don't care. Or maybe I'll survive the whole fucking thing. Oh, man. Now I'm... Damn it. Harvey Z should be in... I wish we had a bigger audience. I need them to make me be in Suicide Squad. Harvey Z? Make me a Harvey Z. Ah. The Zuicide Squad. The Zuicide Squad. Oh, man. We can make it a podcasting movie. A bunch of podcasters. Nah, nah, that gets weird. But it's just Harvey Z. Just all Harvey Z's. Ooh. All right. We're going to leave now. That that ooh was dangerous. We're, we're going. Bye. Bye, folks. Making movies. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>